Hey guys, it's Clay here. Thank you so much for tuning back into the second episode of the Colonel Cast. During the episode, we ran into a couple of technical difficulties while recording this week's episode. So please bear with us as we continue to learn how to make this podcast as good as it can be. Again, thank you so much and enjoy episode two of the Colonel Cast. Welcome to the Colonel Cast, the official podcast of the Curry College Athletics Department. A proud partner of your Curry College Colonels. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Colonel Cast. Happy September. I am Paul. That's Clay, and that's Chris. We have a lot to get to today, so we are going to get right into it. First off, I want to give a quick callback to the Suffolk women's ice hockey team. Give them a big congratulations for winning the Special Olympics partnership with NCAA D3 for the month of August. I want to give a quick apology to our listeners. Between the time we recorded and the time our episode released, the voting had actually ended for August. But for the month of September, Curry's sack is up for the same awards, so go check it out at NCA Special Olympics Partnership with Division Three and vote for your colonels. Right off the top of the show here, we have a new segment, and that is called Guess the Sport. It's time to guess some of Curry's best. This is Guess the Sport. So what we're going to do here... <laughs> you all right, Clay? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest with you I know. Guys. I, I was vaguely introduced to this uh, segment, and I'm kind of kind of nervous right now. <laughs> yeah. So what's going to happen here, Chris and I are going to give Clay Curry Hall of Famers. We are going to provide him with their names and their class years. Oh, man. And Clay is going to have to tell us which sport they played. <laughs> now, just <laughs> right, a reminder, I, I'm not an athlete either, but I've been working in the athletic department for a couple years now. My knowledge of the athletic department is pretty well, but I mean, <laughs> I've been here for a couple of years, so. I'm, this, is, this is the first time we're doing this segment. We're going to take it pretty Slow. easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All, All right, right. Let's, let's get into it. So I'm the ready. first one, you've got to know this one. From the oh. class of 2000, oh, yeah. Leanne totally. Tarkanian. Oh, Leanne Tarkanian. Softball. Very good. Correct. Yeah, good start. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I was only two years old in the year 2000. Fun fact. You're one for one. Chris, you want to <laughs> give him our second name? Yeah. Jack Vallely. No class here. Oh, wait. I know this. That sounds very... That, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a baseball name. I'm going to vote baseball. All right. You're two there's for two, 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 but... That counts. <laughs> there's one more sport in there. So he, we have a two-time athlete here. Jack Vallely... I'm going to go – all right, so a baseball is one. Mm-hmm. When you play baseball, usually you're either a hockey player or a basketball player because you've got to think he's playing in the spring. I'm going to vote – I'm going to vote basketball. Really? Well done. I'm I impressed. Ha- wow. Really? All right. Wow. Okay. All right, we've got a couple more names for you here from the class of 1959. Going <laughs> oh way my- back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right your, your third your third curry hall of famer is tom joyce oh mr tom joyce <laughs> he was an athlete huh he was oh my goodness me and tom joyce go way back but not that way <laughs> you don't go that far back he was a colonel not too long ago oh my goodness i i think i would vote based on what he wears he always wears like the cool 
vintage like curry college like jackets and he always wears the cool hats my vote is going to be baseball again wow <laughs> i'm yeah, really impressed one. is, you is got it baseball it. yep <laughs> three, three for four three. wow and that was it he only played baseball right he only played yeah. baseball yep i'm joyce wow all right so this next one i bent the rules a little bit you should <laughs> yeah, we want to throw game. a wrinkle in here for you. A little curveball. I'll take a curveball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, they're, uh, they're, they're not a Hall of yes. Famer, at least not yet. But, Chris, go Lambros, for Lambros, Papa Lambros. Class of 2014. Um, class of what, 2014? Yep. Okay, Lambros. From, from my prior knowledge, which is very little, of said Lambros, my vote, I'm three for three. I got to stay perfect here. I cannot miss this one. <laughs> so not a Hall of Famer yet. Ah, uh, my vote was going. <laughs> I, I gotta think about this one. I'm gonna say soccer. You lost it. <laughs> you lost your perfect. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, all right, no, I got this. Football. It's, it, if it's not soccer, no. it's football. <laughs> no, Clay. I I'll give you a quick hint. Uh, now that you've lost your perfect streak, you've seen this name before because of how many games you've worked in the Cats gymnasium. So it's either volleyball or basketball. Did I not say basketball? You did not. You said soccer and football. It was basketball. It is basketball. He was a thousand point scorer. His name's on the wall. Oh, I've seen his name too. Yep. Every time you walk in. (laughs) Yep. That big pennant. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. So not bad. You went three for four, sort of four for five because we threw a little wrinkle in there with a, (laughs) with a two sport coach. Yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to that segment in later episodes. Uh, That was a lot of fun for us. So now let's get into the brunt of today's episode, and we are bringing in a special guest. We have Curry College's athletic director, Vinia Ruzioni, here to talk to us about the coronavirus's impact on athletic student athletes and the department. Vinny, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this? Uh, oh, it's, I guess it's afternoon now. Chris, <laughs> Paul, Brandon, how you doing? Good, great. Doing very well on this chilly September day. I left the house today. It was under 60 degrees. It warmed up on my ride a little bit, but <laughs> we're getting into fall, aren't we? So, Vinny, we would really love to hear about what all of this looked like from your perspective. Um, for the sake of not being here until roughly midnight, we'll break that down a little further. If you don't mind, can you start with the first rumblings you heard? So back in March, maybe even sooner, when did you first realize that we may not have our spring seasons and what did that look like? Well, you know, it's funny to tell you the truth. I never really thought we wouldn't have our spring seasons. I was down in Florida with softball at the time uh, that I got a call Uh, about what was going on. And we were just finishing up our spring break. So at that point, I thought we were all going to get back. We were going to sit back for a little while and then continue our spring seasons. And as we all know, that didn't happen. Nobody really thought much about it when it first started coming out about the coronavirus until schools started extending spring breaks for another week. And schools started canceling games or sending teams home or or asking teams to come home from spring break. That's when our athletic directors in the conference got together, I would say probably third week in March or so, 
you know, we wouldn't be able to continue the spring seasons because most of the schools were going to be all going home. Mm -hmm. And then once the spring seasons did get canceled, I think the next logical thought a lot of people had was that this could potentially stretch into the fall. When did that become more of a reality that fall sports would be suspended? And was that in question all the way up until our conference came out with their decision? Yeah, well, I think it was definitely in the back of everybody's mind. But uh, as athletic directors and administrators uh, within the conference, we were ever so optimistic that, you know, we were going to be able to play the fall sports. We'd figure out a way. There'd be a vaccine. There'd, you know, there'd be something uh, that would allow our student athletes to come back in August, come back early, participate in camps, and and we'd, we'd start, uh, you know, start the fall season on time. And then I think, uh, and that was, you know, June. We were meeting every week, sometimes two or three times a week throughout June, July. And I think, you know, I would say near the end of June, beginning of July, it started to creep in that, you know, geez, we may not be able to make this happen. Although, you know, speaking with the presidents and speaking with the athletic directors, we were gung-ho about, you know, trying to make it happen the best uh, we could or any way that we could. I think what ultimately shut us down was, you know, you had state and local guidelines, health and safety uh, concerns in sports. And, you know, we waited as long as possible. And then the CCC announcement was made. And, and, you know, unfortunately for our student athletes, that's what happened. You know, we're going to try to do the best we can for them in the fall. And we can touch on that uh, a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Right. So Vinny, so from a student perspective, athletics is a very important part of Curry College's campus and the community as a whole. How has the athletes in particular came together and really shown support for each other in terms of going through these tough times? How have they continued to show support for not only uh, the new recruits that have uh, entered this season, but just for the entire community? Yeah, you know, Clay, that's a... Clay. Huh? Brandon. <laughs> oh, that was called Clay. Yeah, that's what we call it. It's like Cassius Clay. I like Clay. that. Brandon Clay, Cassius Clay, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? It was very... It's very difficult for them. And, and, you know, we're just starting practicing this week. So I think I'll have a better understanding of how to answer that question after the first couple of weeks of practicing. But I will say that, you know, we've had numerous Zoom calls. Coaches have met numerous occasions and that goes for all of our sports do the right thing, uh, mask up, you know, all that kind of stuff to try to keep our community safe and keep the college safe. You know, the more we can do that, the better chance we're trying to tell our student athletes, the better chance there is that we'll have sports, you know, in competition uh, second semester. I think, you know, they realize the importance of that. And our coaches have stressed the importance of doing the right thing, social distancing, wearing your masks, even if you're going out and walking from, uh, you know, one residence hall to the other, or you're going down to the field to play some catch on your own, you know, with a couple guys or something like that is to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. So Vinny, as you said, despite no games going on in the fall semester, our teams are still practicing. There are a lot of safety measures being taken to make sure that they're able to practice safely and around campus. A lot of people wear their masks for a lot of different reasons, but at least from a staff member's perspective, it took a lot of people doing a lot of hard work to get us back to campus in the first place. So everybody listening, please remember to keep wearing your mask, keep making smart decisions. And again, hashtag keep curry safe, because now that we're on campus, we want to stay on campus and we're making progress. However quickly we're moving, we'll, we'll be playing games again soon enough. But the first step is staying on campus and keeping each other safe. You know what you said, Paul, is 100% correct. I mean, that's one of the things that's stressing to our student athletes is, hey, listen, do you want to go home? Mm -hmm. You know, plain and simple. Do you want to go home? Don't wear the masks. 
you know, because uh, if, if something happens, we'll all be going home and, and you can, you know, you can kiss your, uh, your season, at least the, the opportunity to play a second semester, you can kiss that goodbye. So that, mm-hmm. that's something that's really, really important. And something, as I said before, our coaches are really stressing with our student athletes. The one good thing about it is that, you know, as I, as I had mentioned, we are going to be starting practices. You know, practices are starting this week. Football, soccer is going to start next week. Volleyball next week. You know, we're going to be wearing masks when we're practicing. Football won't be wearing equipment. We just, that, that was a decision that we had made through the coaching staff with Coach Bandini. Uh, no reason to bang heads and, 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 you know, kill each other when really there's no need to. We'll have plenty of time if we do play in the spring. We'll have plenty of time to get ready physically. But I think this is a great opportunity for all of our coaches to be able to really teach skill and skill development and put in your plays and do some stuff that you normally don't have the time to do during the season because you get a game coming up next week. So you have to scout that team. You got to defend against that team. You got to figure out how you're going to break their, uh, you know, stop their run game or their pass Mm -hmm. game, or if it's in soccer, how you're going to, you know, how you're going to take care of them and defend them. These things you won't have to worry about and you can do the things that you really enjoy doing, which is Mm -hmm. teaching kids skill, the skill and skill development and teaching them the game as a whole, as opposed to having to worry about other teams and breaking down films and that kind of stuff. You get the opportunity to really hone in on, on your team. Yeah, that's fantastic. And as as you alluded to, football and up to all six of our fall varsity teams may be playing their seasons in the spring. Has there been any significant discussion, at least any that you can share with the conference about what would go into moving the fall sports into the spring semester and what that may look like? As you would imagine, it's really up in the air right now. Um, you know, not knowing some of the state and local uh, guidelines are going to be come January. But as a conference and as athletic directors, we are putting together schedules. You know, we are putting together schedules that will have all of our uh, fall teams participating in some capacity. Uh, They won't be full schedules, but they will be schedules that will be able to put together a nice schedule for all of them, both soccer teams, volleyball, tennis, as well as football, cross country, be able to run in a couple meets probably as well. So we're, we're working on that. That's taken a little bit of a backseat to the winter because the winter is coming sooner than the spring, uh, you know, sooner than, than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our spring seasons, our, our spring schedule, you know, all set. They're put together. They're the same ones that we had in place. It's regular start and everything for the spring teams. So um, that has not been changed at all. What we are trying to do is trying to work out some type of schedule where the students return sometime after Christmas. And that's for the two basketballs and hockey. Uh, and then start up hopefully, you know, first or second week, latest of January and try to get together a full conference schedule. A lot has to depend on what the NCAA does. They they're currently looking at extending the season for the winter team. So it means they're mm-hmm. thinking of changing their championships by a week or two. That would be um, very beneficial for us in the conference because then it just gives us two more weeks to be able to play more games, which would sure. be probably, uh, you're looking at four to six more games you can add to your schedule if you do that because you're probably going to play two games, maybe three games a week starting in January and, you know, to try to put together a really nice schedule. And then as you had mentioned, you know, the fall teams were looking to do something there as well and that would be guess that that would be probably be something that's starting later in February and crossing over as well. Perfect. Vinny, outside of games and practices, how is strength and conditioning going to look and have student athletes been able to work with uh, Coach Murphy? 
Yeah, you know, that's it, it's been uh, very successful so far. I mean, I, I get in about 6.30 every morning and I'm, you know, as I'm driving down, I always know the fields are still there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I've been doing this for 20 years now. So they are still there. Uh, they, they weren't, they weren't many, yeah, yeah. There weren't many people on it in the spring, unfortunately, but it was really nice to see, you know, the last few mornings when we started the strength and conditioning down on the turf fields, 50, 60 guys or, you know, 20 girls or, or 25 or whatever coach Murphy had in there. And the turnout's been really good. And if you walk around there, you go, wow, look at, they know what they're doing. I mean, they're 15 to 20 feet apart. They're spread out. They all have masks on and they're doing a whole bunch of different strength and conditioning type of things. And whether it's uh, stretching, whether it's uh, plyometric stuff, you know, running sprints and all that kind of stuff, but they've done a really, really good job. And the student athletes have really bought into it. And they understand the importance, as I said, you know, we said this, we can't say it enough times. They understand the importance of social distancing and they understand the importance of wearing masks. So coach got them running around down there. Uh, I think he's doing three, four sessions a day uh, with the hope that, uh, you know, we'll be opening up Miller Gymnasium, hopefully next week. We've got buildings and grounds we've done just in absolutely tremendous job around campus. They've been working in the Miller Field House in, in the uh, gym area, hanging uh, curtains up in between uh, in between our power racks and spraying there to last uh, a lifetime. You know? So <laughs> it's going to be, it, you know, people are going to have to take it right and take care of their stuff and make sure they spray and clean and do all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like I said, I'm hoping that the strength part of it is going to be put into uh, the strength and conditioning. And, and uh, Coach Murphy has, has really done a great job of uh, scheduling it and spreading kids out and, uh, you know, just teaching them the right stuff and teaching them what, what they need to do. Yeah. We just yeah. want to send a lot of credit and a big thank you out to Coach Murphy, uh, especially as you said, having Miller offline, at least up to this point. So Vinny, one segment we're going to jump into now, we did it in the first episode and we're <laughs> going to keep with it here. We're going to get into our Welcome Home Colonels segment. Welcome home. I would like to welcome to the Curry College Athletic family and the Curry College Athletic Department from the sport of women's cross country, Victoria Carlton from Whitman, Mass. Awesome. Welcome, Victoria. Welcome, Victoria. One of our newest colonels. So, Vinny, as we start to wrap up here, I know that a lot of the answers to these questions about the future look something along the lines of wait and see right now, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask is there optimism for sports returning in January? Is progress being made, at least any that you're able to share? Yes, there's, there's plenty of optimism. I mean, if you were on these calls with our athletic directors, we are, you know, we are going above and beyond to try to make something happen. I mean, we understand what happened to the spring sports athletes last spring when, you know, the, the, their season was pulled out from under them. We understand how hard that is. You know, being a, a, a former student athlete myself, I couldn't even have, you know, fathomed uh, how I would have felt if that happened. And most of the athletic directors, are, you know, we're all college athletes at one point. So we are doing everything in our power to, to, to make it happen. But as you had mentioned, you know, sometimes state and local guidelines and, and CDC guidelines and, and health and safety is of the utmost importance for not only our student athletes, our staff, but also the community. So if, if things continue to progress and, you know, 
know, I, I look at the mass guidelines every week, you know, and they, they change them every week and things have been going positively, you know, a little bit more gets opened up and a little bit more gets opened up and that's good. And you seem to open things up. And I think, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we're going to be uh, ready to go come the first of the year. And, you know, I don't know if there'll be fans in the stands, but we may mm-hmm. be playing games and we may be web streaming them and we may be getting them out there and our student athletes may be participating against other student athletes. And I think that would be an awesome sight to see. That's fantastic. As you said, progress is being made. Even within the last week, Massachusetts opened up four or five more states and qualify them as low risk. So it's clear that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Kind of going off aside from athletics uh, and Curry Athletics for a quick second. Vinny, have you done anything in the past summer? Have you picked up any hobbies? What, what did you kind of do <laughs> over the past couple of months? Anything fun? Golfed. Yep. <laughs> the golf game was good. It was all right. It was there. It's about where my I, golf game falls too. Uh, I, I, I gained some weight, unfortunately, <laughs> after, I lo- after I had lost a lot, but that's all right. I would say, you know, it's funny, you know, we, we did that virtual thing in the spring, right? Mm-hmm. I picked up bike riding. I, I, you know, I'm trying to do anywhere from 10 to the most I've done is 17 one, one day, but you hey, know, I try to miles? Yeah, I usually try to do about 10 at night, uh, three days a week or so around my, my hometown up by the island. Sometimes I go out to uh, in, into Boston, believe it or not, something I didn't do. And I spent a lot more time with my grandkids, which is really the most important thing. That's uh, beautiful. It's, 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 it's been awesome. You know, we did a nice vegetable garden. My, my granddaughter loves it. She picks the tomatoes every morning, brings them up to my house. So that's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, because we highlighted earlier in the previous episode that since March, from our extended spring break until now, we picked up a bunch of new hobbies. We've been spending time with our families and friends. And I feel like that's the most important aspect of going through tough times like this, because this is affecting every single person essentially uh, on the planet. And just spending time with people, especially doing things that you haven't done before or haven't had time to do, like you mentioned earlier, Vinny, is super, super important. Whether you're working in the athletic department, whether you're a Curry College student, a Curry College student athlete, or a faculty or staff member, it is just so important to just kind of come back and just take a step back and just enjoy all the little things things that you couldn't do in the past. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, Brandon. You know, it's funny. It's uh, I come from a pretty big family, to say the least. And we had a Zoom call about, uh, I don't know, a month or so into it because, you know, there's parties left and right in, in, in my house, whether it's a birthday party, an anniversary or whatever, and everybody gets invited and everybody comes and, you know, we had to cancel everything. You know, nothing was happening. Our 4th of July party usually, you know, because my father was born on the 4th of July. And, you know, that's usually a great, a great day. And, and you know, even that, you know, got cut down to, you know, a, a handful of people. So we, it was really pretty wow. cool, especially for some of the older people who didn't know what, you know, Zoom was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had no idea what it was all about. But uh, you're right. Family's, family's super important. You know, I appreciate every day being able to see my grandkids and my family and, you know, being around them and being part of them. It, it's funny because nobody could go out and run all over the place. So they were all home. Yeah, you know? literally. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, so I, got to, I got to see my, my, my sons and my daughters uh, a lot more than, you know, I normally would, you know, they came home from college and usually I, I you know, I, I'd never see them, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be gone and they, you know, they go out at whatever time and they come home at whatever time and you'd never see them. Uh, but now they're just hanging around the house. So it was, it was nice to spend some time with the family as well. Absolutely. Very nice. yeah. yeah. Despite everything that's been going 
going on and a lot of plans having to be canceled, I, I would consider us very lucky to have access to the technology we do. My wife and I were able to reconnect with one of her cousins and his wife who live in Kokomo, Indiana, uh, just because Kokomo we've where? been on Zoom more often. Yeah, Kokomo, Indiana. So we haven't seen them in at least six months. So it, it was very nice to reconnect with them and have the ability to do so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, Vinny, thank you very much for coming on with us and taking the time out of your day. You provided us with some some awesome answers and a lot of great information that I know I found valuable. I hope our listeners find it just as valuable. But it's really great to know how much optimism there is to be at as we move forward in this yeah, whole process. I, yeah, you know, thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. I really look forward to future episodes, being able to listen in on you. Thumbs up to you guys, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you, no Vinny. We'll talk to you later. Bye now. We have some open positions in the athletic department here at Curry, as we mentioned in episode one. So if you want to work with me or Clay or Chris or Vinny, or if you just enjoy Colonel Sports, come and check us out. Chris, you want to tell them about some of the open positions? Yeah, as Paul mentioned, we've got a bunch of positions open to work in sports information and athletics as a whole. We're looking for game workers, PA announcers, video people, and each individual team hires their own workers like social media people managers. So if you're interested in that type of work, please check out the Curry Connect page on your portal or head over to curry.edu to check out the employment opportunities for assistant coaching opportunities. And now we are going to get back into a segment we had a lot of fun with in episode one. This is What's Happening Around Pro Sports. Here is your weekly update on professional sports. To kick off what's happening around pro sports, the NFL news is buzzing with opening night less than a week away. To start off, the Jaguars recently released the former number four overall pick out of LSU, running back Leonard Fournette. Fournette broke 1,000 yards in two of his first three seasons, but this seems to be related to a culture change down in Jacksonville. Definitely. Uh, This move came a day after the team traded defensive end Yannick Ngakwe to the Vikings. So kind of crazy stuff going on down in Jacksonville. Uh, Definitely a different team from 2017. Uh, So we're going to look to see who is going to fill that spot in Jacksonville coming up. We'll see if the moves pay off. Absolutely. The season kicks off next week with a Thursday night matchup between the Houston Texans and reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. The New England Patriots will then play in one of the 13 games on Sunday the 13th with a one o'clock home game against the Miami Dolphins. There hasn't been too much change in the MLB in the past week, at least not in terms of standings. The Marlins are still holding on to the two spot in the National League East, but The Phillies have crept up on them and have tied them in that position. If the season were to end today, though, whichever team didn't end up in the number two spot would grab the first wild card ahead of the Colorado Rockies and still make the playoffs. In Red Sox news, Nathan Ivaldi hit the injured list on August 29th, and if I did my math correctly, that would make him eligible to return on September 8th, which would be very good news for the Sox, considering they have a doubleheader against the Phillies that day. But the biggest news in the MLB this week was the San Diego Padres, very active at the trade deadline. They made a bevy of trades most recently for starting pitcher Mike Clevenger from the Indians. Outfielder Greg Allen and a player to be named later will also come over from the Indians. They snagged reliever Trevor Rosenthal from Kansas City. He could close out some games for him. He's seven 
seven for seven in save opportunities this year. That was with the Royals. Uh, so we'll see if he slots into that closer role ahead of Drew Pomeranz. They also got a big bat for the lineup. First baseman Mitch Moreland came over from the Red Sox, of course. He will most likely DH, which will leave Eric Hosmer to play first. Moreland was the Sox leader in batting average, OBP, slugging percentage. He was tied for the team lead in home runs and second in RBI. So he will fill in nicely in that lineup. They got a couple of catchers in Jason Castro from the Angels and Austin Nola from the Mariners. Nola was part of a seven-player trade. Pitchers Daniel Tavilla and Austin Adams also came over from Seattle. Ultimately, the Padres gave up 15 players, most of them prospects, and most of them to Cleveland. They shipped off six players to Cleveland in that trade, but it was all in favor of the win-now mentality. Yeah, so we're going to head into the NHL and cover what's going on in the second round of the playoffs. The New York Islanders are up 3-1 over the Philadelphia Flyers with a game five tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights are up 3-1 over the Vancouver Canucks, and they also have a game five tonight at 9.45. There was a big win last night for the Colorado Avalanche to close the series with Dallas 3-2. They staved off elimination with a 6-3 victory over Dallas in game five. They started with a five-goal first period period, including four goals in a span of 236. The Avs' five goals in the period were the most in a single postseason frame in franchise history, and their four goals in 236 midway through the stanza set a franchise record. We had a disappointing loss last night for the hometown Boston Bruins, who lost 3-2 and double overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Up here in Boston, it was a disappointing result for the team. Paul, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, that series? Yeah, it was a real heartbreaker. Uh, There was a lot of reason for optimism for the Bruins heading into that series, but the Lightning were the better team. These were the two teams that finished the regular season on top of the Eastern Conference, and I think a lot of people were expecting them to meet in the playoffs just not in this round. But at any rate, when that game entered overtime last night, my perspective was different than the broadcasters on the NBCSN feed. They were saying that the longer that game went, the more it benefited the Bruins because the Lightning were shorthanded, not on the ice, but they were down a couple of players. So it was basically a war of attrition and they saw it as benefiting the Bruins the longer it went. But I saw it as being the opposite because I was realizing that the Lightning have not lost an overtime game in the bubble. They were 4-0 going into that game, now 5-0. They had beaten the Capitals in a game that wound up going to a shootout back in the round robin. They obviously played that five-overtime game against Columbus in game one of the first round. But all in all, they've played 10 overtime periods and haven't allowed a goal in the bubble. Did you say 10 overtime periods? 10 overtime periods and have not allowed a goal. So they won the round robin game against the Caps in a shootout. They won the five-overtime game on a Braden Point winner against Columbus. They eliminated Columbus in an overtime game. They evened the series with the Bruins in overtime, and then they wound up eliminating the Bruins in in double overtime. So it's not a team that you want to stick with past regulation. We'll wrap up this segment with the NBA after a couple of days of no games as the NBA Players Association tried to figure out how they'd move forward towards social justice. Games resumed this past weekend. We have a couple of first-round series that have not yet hit their conclusions. The Oklahoma City Thunder forced Game 7 against Houston and will try to take the series tomorrow night. But first, Denver, Utah. Game 7 tonight. 8.30. Clay, who you got? Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets. Absolutely. Chris, do you agree? I'm going Utah. 
Oh, Spider Mitchell. It's on the tiebreaker here. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? I don't know. It's a great series. Um, I haven't watched enough of the series, but I would really like to see the upset. I want Utah to take it. Uh, we'll see if Donovan Mitchell can throw him on their back again. They tried to complete the upset in game six. Didn't work out in their favor. So they'll try to do it tonight. Winner of that series will move on to face the LA Clippers in round two. The Lakers will take the winner of the Rockets Thunder series. We've already had a couple of results in round two. The Celtics took game one decisively over the Toronto Raptors. They will play again tonight at 530. And the Miami Heat shocked the number one Milwaukee Bucks and took game one. They'll play again tomorrow night. The Heat will look to bring some momentum into game two and try to move on to the Eastern Conference final by taking this series. Yeah, I'm curious to see who's going to win that because they're up one nothing. I mean, everyone believed the Bucks were going to sweep them, but we're going to see what happens. Okay, here at the Colonel Cast, we are officially introducing a new little mini competition that's covering all of Curry College athletics. What it's called is the Best of the Curry Athletics Bracket. What this is essentially is a mini bracket of competitions that are comparing one of Curry's best athletic moments to another. We are taking 24 of Curry College's best athletic moments throughout the entirety of Curry Athletics and go head-to-head to see truly what is the best moment of Curry Athletics. Yeah, as Clay said, we're going to have 24 seasons or players' careers or moments in Curry history. We have a lot of ideas already, but we want to hear from you. If you have a favorite memory in Curry athletics or a favorite season or whatever it may be, let us know. We need some help fleshing out our bracket. We're going to have 24 teams. We're going to narrow that down to eight after the first round. So it's not quite like March Madness. But once we get into it, we're going to be releasing polls on social media and we are going to let you guys all vote to help us narrow down this bracket. And while you're voting on our socials, be sure to check out all of our social media platforms along with you guys giving us the ideas for the best of Curry Athletics. Be sure to give us a follow on all of our social platforms. That includes Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Curry Kernels, the official platform for the Curry College athletic department we also have a facebook and youtube account by typing in curry college athletics you can find us there as well and if you haven't gotten the chance yet be sure to check out our podcast on all platforms where you can get your podcast that includes spotify and apple podcast we have so much in store for you guys but at the same time we want to know what you guys want to hear on this podcast so let us know by leaving us a review down below all right y'all that'll do it for episode two of the kernel cast Thank you for listening. If you haven't caught episode one yet, go ahead and check us out on any of the platforms that Clay mentioned. We are going to be releasing new episodes weekly, releasing every Friday. I want to give a big shout out, a big thank you to our athletic director, Vinio Ruzioni, for coming on with us today. He gave us some awesome information and answered a lot of our questions. Say goodbye, Chris. See ya. Thanks for listening. Say bye, Clay. Peace out. Thanks, guys. See you later, everybody. Thanks. 